And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. What's up, hey. man? Not much. How are you? Good. Toxic fume toys in the freaking house. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I remember, you know, we did this when I first was just doing the videos. Yep. And so I'm stoked that you get to be on the podcast and that we get to get out of this. Uh... What made you do the switch? Uh, I think a, a couple things. The videos, it's tough to find a time during the day where you can sit down and watch a video. Mm -hmm. um and i think it scares a lot of people off to say like hey come be on a video and talk stuff also it's way harder to edit if i'm being completely honest true absolutely yeah sucks yeah and so i think the podcast is just way more accessible for the the people that don't know anything about toys and all that stuff yeah i think i would say that makes a lot of sense like someone can listen when they're driving, but you obviously can't put on a video when you're driving. And I know yeah. I listen to like 90% of my podcasts when I have to drive somewhere. Absolutely. And I think it's cool too, because it's so much less threatening to say like, Hey, go to Apple and look up this podcast rather than yeah. come to my Instagram and look up these videos. True enough. Yeah. Have you found like listenership has gone up or like intake of your podcast or like the podcast has improved since switching formats yeah like crazy so okay if, like full disclosure the videos never really hit many views yeah. i think some of the videos are like two or three views but i have episodes of my podcasts that are in the hundreds for sure i'm yeah. sure that suck lord podcast is doing pretty well i would imagine right yeah that death by toys um and then i think because of the way that it tracks it on all of these like uh, Apple podcast connects and Spotify connects and all those things. It like, yeah. um, this is like a behind the curtains thing for people. listening. <laughs> um, it like tracks continuously. So I have one podcast that's been up for like a month and it's just tracking and building views based on that, which is cool. Sweet. Yeah. So we're going to jump in um, because I like, I get to hear this second, the second time around so i'm stoked yeah. um but it's always good to hear and like reconnect with uh people that i've interacted with so toxic fume toys like let's talk first name i want to know like where are you coming from because i know that you have a professional job and all that stuff but like, i do yeah yeah so where does so, this name come from toxic fumes toys was uh i think it was just sort of like an internal decision i had i i mean originally on my like 
personal Instagram account, I was posting toys that I was making and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's certainly this point where it's like on a personal Instagram, there are people who are following you because, you know, you went to high school together or something like that. Yeah. And I just felt it was time to separate the two identities as like my personal Instagram. It's like people didn't care about the toys I was posting for the most part. It's as you know, it's a pretty niche group who are interested in toys. So I mean, like every now and then I'd post like after. So I decided, you know, I'm going to make one that's dedicated just to toys. That way people who are interested in toys aren't seeing pictures of my dogs and vice versa. People who want to see pictures of like the mundanity of my normal life don't want to see pictures of my toys. And I really never post on personal stuff for the most part anyway. So it's just becoming toys and it made sense. And as most people who have gotten into this know, those are some pretty gnarly chemicals if you're not wearing proper protection. So toxic fumes just started to make sense after the first few months of like continuous sore throats when I was casting. I love that. And then I got a and then I got a respirator mask after that. So I was like, this sucks. I also like sing in a band too. So like I started getting really in my head, like this is destroying my like throat. And then that's impeding my ability to sing. And then it was like, is my sore throat because I'm singing wrong? Or is my sore throat because I'm breathing in these stupid chemicals in my basement? So I just yeah. have to start cutting those things out, being more protective and smart in making them. Oh, we're at some point going to get to the band because I want to hear about that. But um... sure. I, I had that same thing and I still haven't bought a respirator, but I, Dude. I, you're like the third or fourth person that said something. So I think that now it's, I get, I, I think it, I mean, a hundred percent, you should be wearing a respirator. Like I don't, th- those chemicals are gnarly. I mean, yeah. um, I also cast all of my toys in a pretty small room with pretty much zero ventilation the only ventilation Uh would be a window that goes under my front porch which there's not a draft that's coming in there at all so like I was just sitting in a cloud of these toxic fumes as I was doing it you know like stirring it up like right under my face watching it so I definitely invested in the mask and I've had like a couple I've gone through try to remember to change my filters and it made a world of difference too so yeah, I have, I knew there was a problem. I have two dogs and like, as I was casting and doing all the stuff, uh, the dogs got up and took off. And like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like you, you smell it too. Yeah. They're like, no, nah, this isn't good. I'm out of here. Yeah. Like you're, you can die. We won't. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that you switched your Instagram. I did the, you're a much nicer person. I did the bait and switch. I had a personal Instagram and then just took all of me off of it and switched it completely to yucko toys and so enough yeah regardless if people there's people now that have sent me a message that i've known since high school and they're like hey i don't know like i'm following you i don't know who this is i was like yeah well tough thanks for the follow (laughs) yeah yeah no i definitely went in the other direction i'm i'm like even the same with my band i try i'll post the odd piece of content about like the other aspects of my life but like i'm also hyper aware of like if i have a show coming up with the band i don't like doing that like here's my whole friend list on facebook i'm gonna invite every single person to every single event that i do it's like i pick and choose who is important or i simply just let it happen naturally and don't bombard people with requests to entertain the things that entertain me 
Absolutely. My favorite thing is to post like questions or polls um, on Instagram and all the people that aren't toy people are like, nah, no, no. It's like sick. You guys are super nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not for everybody. So people are just like, ah, again, he's posting this stuff. It's no different than, you know, like people get sick of people posting dog pics. Like I've had conversations with other toy makers where they're like, man, this person just posts pictures of their dogs. I want to see toys. That's why I follow them. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah. So you've been, I'm good for both. Yeah. (laughs) Which now I'm going to hope that you post a dog picture or something. I need to go for that one. Excuse me. Um, have you, uh, so how long have you been doing this? Like I, Uh, from the first time you created a toy from scratch or however far you want to go back. So first day. So like my whole, I guess, like journey if we would go through it was at at the time I started getting into resin stuff I was more into like collecting vintage toys was sort of there's a local toy shop that's run by a friend of mine it's called the toy society um they just opened it was a brand new whole dedicated shop to vintage toys and I went in it was just like a a whoa moment like and they had a toy that I had been looking for I had been out of toys and just that stuff in general and like collecting comics more so but they had a the TMNT Leonardo from the Black Lagoon toy which I'd been looking for because I did collect creature from the Black Lagoon stuff still yeah and then that just sort of started everything rolling uh to like me and my friends battling each other over Kijiji for who could complete or like get to <laughs> listings first yeah and like you'd get a message like oh you got to them didn't you and it's just like yeah sorry I'll sell you my doubles yeah but so I was doing toy shows and randomly uh, a maker called life is terrible toys on Instagram posted this cool looking 5.5 resin figure I didn't really know what resin figures were for the most part at this time it was slightly on my radar but not really so I found out that that toy was from Toronto so it was rick which is made by the angry beast Mm. so i ordered one from his first drop and that was like my first official toy and then through some other like 5.5 vintage toys uh lab monkey number nine came on my radar almost as like a procuring knockoff rival because there was one person in the states who is selling all these yeah and he's like oh there's this other guy who wants to buy them from me and i'm like who is this person and then so i met lab monkey eventually at just like a vintage toy show when i was tabling and like selling and trading and stuff and he traded me some of his stuff and then eventually it was like hey i'm sort of interested in this so we developed like a barter trade between him i would give him like a whole bunch of toys and stuff like that and he would help me with my first figure So that would have probably been, I want to say like maybe early 2017, that would have been, I'd have to look back further, but like 2017 is definitely ringing a bell. I'm just looking at like image tags on my photos as to like when things actually happened. Yeah, that's a good check of time. Yeah. So like I, I created my official like toxic fumes Instagram in 2017 in the summer of 2017. And that's when I started certainly taking it more seriously. Uh, that was the first figure I think I did was there was this Don Dragoon figure that I did. And then I did the money mantis, which certainly started reaching, uh, more people at the time. All right. So I guess going back far enough, it would be 2016. 
Holy was God. when I made my first figure, which was the creature teacher that uh, Lab Monkey number nine helped me mold. And then just sort of, I started developing my skills after that. Yeah. That's dope. That's a, that's a long time. That's longer than a lot of us. Like, I think the more people I talk to, it's like two, three years at most, but you're pushing, this will be your six year, five years. Yeah. Almost six years, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a while. And I mean, like I, I wouldn't say I go super hard at when I do it. I try to keep it as when I want to do it, the options there to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you were talking about vintage toy shows. So you were in toy shows and stuff and you had a booth and you were like trading and stuff before any of your creation. Before any sort of like resident stuff like that. Yeah. It was just like buying, trading, like going to your local, like we call it value village. I think you call it savers down there. Yeah. Like going to savers, seeing what I can grab in a bag and be like, Oh, like I might be able to like turn this into like a little bit more money or trade it to somebody else. And it was like a little hustle that I was doing with that creating or like buying and just getting vintage toys, basically recollecting stuff I had as a kid in a much larger breadth. Yeah. Which is rad because so I feel like I have no idea about the regular toy industry. <laughs> and so you have like this knowledge of, so I, I let's, I mean, maybe we should start with like, what was your prime things you collected? Was it just TMNT and Kenner and that type of stuff? Uh, so if the toys I would have had left over from my childhood, like I have my like Toy Biz X-Men figures were ones that I still yeah. had a fair bit left over from as a kid. Handful of like TMNT stuff. I remember like as a kid having like Thundercats and uh, Masters of the Universe toys and stuff like that. What would have got me re-into it was probably first some Ninja Turtle stuff. I've just always really liked, I've, I think a lot of Playmates toys, actually, I really like the sculpts of just like how they come together. They're made like really well. A lot of them have like still that sort of like toxic mutations vibe that was really big in the early nineties, whether it's like Captain Planet, Toxic Crusaders, Ninja Turtles, and like all of that stuff. Zen, the Intergalactic Ninja, like these are all like toy lines that speak to me. And then what I went probably really hard on collecting for a while was like He-Man toys. That was like the battle between me and my friend who could complete the like domestic line first. Yeah. And then uh, from that, once I completed my He-Man collection, it was just a weird moment where it's like, huh, like that's it. I've got every figure that I wanted, like save a couple weapons. And it was actually this really strange like deflating moment for me when I finally got like the last one that I was looking for. Um, you'd think it would be a celebration, but afterwards we were just like, yeah, no, that's, that's it. Like I have nothing else to look for, for this. So then I started getting into like knockoff He-Man figures style stuff and like bootleg stuff, like whether it's like the warrior beasts from Remco or like Remco Conan and then like black star and just getting into like still all of that stuff. And that was really where my main focus was aside from little like nostalgia things. Like I didn't own any Remco figures when I was a kid, but they were definitely, and still are probably some of the ones I like the best out of the figures from that era. Yeah. So now that you do make toys, 
I think it gave you almost a leg up because if you wanted to mold or make something in the same style as these companies, you knew exactly where to go to find them. Right. For sure. Like, as I'm like thinking of characters, like a lot of the time, like I have a room in my basement just filled with toys, like all like set up and stuff from when I was like seriously collecting. So it's like, I can look around and be like, Oh yeah, like that head is something that I would want to do something with. Yeah. Or so I just have, yeah, like a lot of like reference sitting around that I can draw upon and sort of like pick something that I want to do and then usually I'll still try to farm out extra figures because I don't have the heart to cut my own up unless I don't care about them but for the most part that's hard and even then it's like it's a weird internal dialogue because it's like you can cut this figure up and if you sell even two of them you can just buy yourself a new one and you haven't like lost anything necessarily but I still don't like cutting up my old figures. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, so I'm I'm not really a collector to begin with. I have Mm. a couple um, artist pieces, but even when I buy them, there's still something in me morally. That's like, don't, don't ruin this, like use it, (laughs) but don't harm the figure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was even a conversation I think I had with lab monkey number nine one time when I was just thinking about like, Oh, this would be like, just looking around like a dollar store in town. It's like, Oh, this might be a cool source for a figure, but I don't know if I want to cut it up. And he was basically like, man, it's three bucks. Like, yeah, you can cut that. You can cut that up. And like, it's more than worth it to cut that little figure up. That doesn't actually matter. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think even what's tough is they're all like, I don't know, is, is it concussion welded, all the old Kenner and stuff? I don't know what term that is, but it's like plastic. It's not even uh, like you can't just pull them apart. You got to like really boil and pop and then pop those bad boys open. Yeah. And for the most part, like I, I don't really do like the hollow body style. I prefer just making like a solid cast of Absolutely. whatever I'm doing. So if I'm doing like when I've done like He-Man style figures, like I'm not popping it open and trying to like maintain original articulation and stuff like that. Cause I like using magnets in all my articulation anyways. So I need to keep basically solid, pardon me, solid pieces that I can adhere the magnets inside and then drill out. So yeah, it's more just if I'm, if I'm going to be using a toy, there's a fair chance. I'm just going to chop it into like manageable pieces that I can mold and then go from there. Love that. So you are, you've molded and you are, have been in this game for a while. Uh, I do remember seeing the Mantis. Yeah. I do remember seeing So do you still produce that? Is that something that you still are like every once in a while? That would be, I think in a conversation, it might've been like, I don't want to misquote him, but I think Angry Beast, he mentioned like one of his toys, his Rick toys, like his Barbie. It's like, that toy is not going anywhere. Like I'll do different things with it, but like, I always want to be making that in some shape or form. I think from all my, like the creations I've made, the Mantis is the one I think I'm on at least like the third body mold of it, if not a third, every piece of it. But yeah, like I'll still continue. I was even considering remaking molds for it again this year, just because I enjoy making it. It's a fun figure for me to make. It's cool at least to me and that's typically the most important part but yeah like I'll keep pushing and like redoing it but who knows I mean I've there's a lot I think of Mantis's at least from the perspective of like 
where I view myself. There's a lot of mantises out there in the world. So I feel like I may have satisfied most people who wanted one. Yeah. But who knows? I'll probably, like, I just made like that fresh one for the bootleg Bonanza show. Yeah. I was struggling because I'm not a car guy at all. And I have no interest in that. And then he sort of just mentioned rust and I was like, yeah, I could do something with that. So I made like the weird one on like the Pennsylvania license plate. Love that. So you, I, I mean, that that's interesting because that wasn't a run right in the beginning when you created Mantis, was it just a one-off and then it just became something that you loved to create? Everything. So that was just sort of, as I was like brainstorming, like what a cool character would be. It would be like, I was working at the, like the toy society because I'd fill in for them every now and then just like working the counter if the brothers couldn't do it. And I'm just walking through the shelves and I'm like, Oh, like, yeah, that's a cool body. So the mantis is really only two toys. One is, uh, it's a mantis creature from a swamp thing playset. Um, so I saw that and I was like, Oh, like that's cool. And I like just the idea of it. And I found just a random figure in a suit i think it was a bad guy from the bible man series uh so that's what the body is made out of and then at that point in time i think more of the stuff i was doing to make toys was just like a lot of like multi-pores and things like that so like if you're to go back and look at like my early mantis figures a lot of them have just like tons of different colorways in them not many were ever made the same for that one yeah so like almost all of them are like one for one i would say if they go out there with various different header cards like whether it was the first ones i drew or this other guy dr oblamon drew me a new header card for it some i did like these clear mantises with just some swirls of color in them and i printed the header cards on transparency paper so it was like a whole see-through product but yeah those are definitely out there and like not i don't know if i really ever made any like runs of them yeah we interrupted this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this earth to aliens have landed earthling I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, toys, toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys and toys, toys, and toys, toys, and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. toys. Hey, look at that over there. It's a spaceship. Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com. That's earth2kentucky.com. Or just land your spaceship when they're open. Do you, so we're going to like moving from that into what I would say is like the figure that you're known for really well, Tromer. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a run that was done for Dove, am I correct? Yep. yep. Okay, and that was for which, DKE Con or? Uh, I was San Diego Comic-Con last year. Love that. That's when I did it. So I had actually, I had made it previously. Um, I made like a one-off and it was going to a designer con with a local-ish store called Mind's Eye was just offering to take some people like a part of like basically like our the people we would table with at cons and stuff like the toy quote-unquote toy ronto group and he was just like hey i'll take some of your stuff to decon so i sort of rushed and i made that toy and i posted a picture of it 
And then Dub just like approached me and was like, hey, would you like to like do this uh, for like a San Diego Comic-Con thing? So I went through with that. And I think like the initial run of the green ones was 25 of them with I think five artist proofs. And then I did a run of 15 of the yellow ones with, again, I think like five artist proofs or so. That is like 40 figures that you knocked out, right? Am I doing that? Like that's- Uh, I mean like, yeah, the the- the run of like 30 that I did for him was, it was a lot of work. Like it was my first time ever doing like a run of toys instead of just sort of making stuff when I want to make it. So that was a big eye opener and learning experience for me. Cause also like every one of those toys also has like three points of magnetic articulation. They're all four pieces for Tromer. The mop is two pieces so there was like a lot of casting to like make all those as well. Would you and then say, hand painting them all? So, okay, so all those are points of articulation, all those different pieces, uh, plus accessories, plus um, like backer and sealing, all that stuff. Okay, so here's yeah. the real question. This is for Dove, and Dove's a great. I mean, he's our kingpin who like does all this stuff. Was it worth it? Yeah, I think it was like, I have absolutely no regrets. I've really enjoyed every conversation I've had with Dove. I appreciate the exposure that it made me. Um, And it was just a good learning experience to go through. Like one thing that like, I can definitely tell you about those Tromers is like color matching because of the amount of resin that I was pouring and because of just my let's call it style it's probably not style but like i just like i pour, i pour the resin i dip in the pigments that i think are going to get me the closest match and i go for it yeah so like between that like there's slight inconsistencies between all of the stuff all of those ones you'd find different color whether some are a little more opaque some are a little more transparent but i also think that's just sort of like part of the fun of having handmade toys too yeah, that's part of the like the the market and part of the like coolness behind them because you're not going to have one that looks like someone else's. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's good to hear. I, I encounter some artists that are like, man, after my first run, I like I didn't like I don't I don't know if I felt like it was worth it. And it's like that's that's a bummer to go through because doing a run, I don't think people understand. That's an immense amount of work. The only reason I would say that I completed it in time was because of the pandemic and I had so much extra time at home, not doing like other stuff. I had like the chance to focus in for like a couple hours every day, going down, laying down extra layers of paint to try to make it as like smooth as I can. Uh, Yeah, it would have been very difficult had that not happened. So you did the 25 for Dove or the 30 for Dove, right? Uh, I did. He did 25. There's like 25 numbers. And then like I said, a couple of the non-heinous who the idea was based off of non-heinous drew a poster of Tromer first. And I just sort of approached him and was like, Hey, this is really sweet. What would you think of a toy for this? And he was really into the idea. Like, yeah, that'd be great. Like as long as I can do the header card, we worked out the details for that. And non-heinous was fantastic about it. Like making sure he totally understood the amount of like cost and time cost that was on my side of it and was really supportive throughout the entire endeavor. So that was cool. I love that. I've been, I love reaching out to people random. My new thing is reaching out to random businesses. And it's like, Hey, have you ever thought about doing a toy? Like McDonald's has like, 
those toys that you get and they're kind of junky, but what if you partnered with an art toy creator and this is what we do? And I, oh, so, so I know who, whenever anybody asks me that, who I can pass them off to, cause I don't have an interest in doing that for the most part. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I think, um, being like completely transparent, there's a couple people or a couple businesses that have said like, Oh, I would love that. And then they say, Oh, but I have no money. It's like, Oh, then I don't have time or materials to give you. <laughs> yeah. Like you have to have at least a wholesale cost on your end to get like what I'm yeah. going to give you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that stuff is always so fun because like my next venture is to reach out to a donut shop and create like a masters of the universe donut monster, like that kind of articulation. <laughs> Sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I think I wish people more and more people would understand like what it looks like and how much it takes to do a run. Cause not only did you do that run of 25, but then you kicked it out of the park again and did another run of what 15 you said. Yeah. 15 of the yellow ones too. Yeah. Which so I, I, it's, crazy. it's a fair bit. Like it was, I, I know I've heard other toy makers say, you know, if they're going to do a run, they right off the bat, make like three molds of each part because yeah. then each trip to the pressure pot, you're knocking three out and you're getting that done. Whereas I was very much like I do one mold at a time. And then, so I think I went through three molds to get to like, I still have the molds left to do. Like I have ideas just for some other weird one-offs for it that I'll eventually get to because I have a handful of backer cards left that I don't want to go to waste. So I'll do a few more, but um yeah, it was, it was a fair amount of work. Like I, I was taken aback by how long it was and just sort of the, I don't know, the boringness of painting the same figure the same way over and over again. Yeah. At nauseum. So where do you find yourself now? Are you finding that you would rather just do one-offs more and more or have customs come in? Or would you rather stick with uh, doing small runs? Like what is, where do you find toxic fumes? Uh, I, because of the way I view my toy make, I just sort of like to do like whatever I'm feeling like and don't have to really get like locked down to anything. Like if I want to make a run of five for something, then I'll do it. If I want to do 25, like I now know how I would do a run of 25 differently. So <clears throat> if I'm doing a run of 25 carded figures, there's a high chance I'm not going to articulate every single one of them again. Instead, yeah. I might just do like a one piece and knock it out like that instead. So I'm still open to doing all shapes and forms of it, but I would say my comfort certainly, or my preferred style of doing it certainly lands in just smaller runs and one-offs of stuff. Absolutely. Which is dope. Cause I, um, I saw another one of your small runs for man e2k's um new wave show yeah yeah the wolverine the flock of mutants toy yeah you didn't did you like mold and cast those bad boys absolutely i did love that and the the hair just so i flock of seagulls isn't ever something that i would be encountered like i was born in the 90s but, yes but seeing that figure was so incredible and just seeing like that it fits so well in that show was just so cool to see yeah, so for that one, I just, I think I I molded the original, like, cowl-less Wolverine, and then once I had a cast of that, then I sculpted on just, like, the little piece of hair to come down over his eye, and then yeah. I remolded that, and then went from there, so 
yeah, I mean, I still have plans. Like there's a few other like cast Wolverine toys I have laying around that I've just haven't put online yet, but like I'll eventually just do some other like colorways of it, whether it's just funky colorways and whatnot. Yeah. So you, you were in the bootleg Bonanza show um, yep. and you did, how many did you send? Just one, a one-off of just something. One. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, I mean, these, what's crazy is like getting into this scene. I didn't know there were so many toy shows that were going to happen. Yeah. I, I think they're popping up a little bit more as you're, as I'm certainly seeing more people developing uh, like storefronts to cater to what's going on. Yeah. Like I have local, local friends who are like, yeah, you could like my local comic book guys, like, yeah, you could put stuff on for sale in the store. And I've never really pursued it, but yeah, there has been a fair bit. It seems showing up in the past like year or so. I mean, I've probably done more toy shows within like the last year span than I would have done at all previously, but there's always been people doing it, whether it's like Martian toys and, uh, then Neil Ewing did some shows yeah. that he would do so bombastic plastic. They pop up every now and then, but yeah, I, I definitely see more people catering almost like businesses to resin toys and just the art form than I had previously seen. Yeah. I feel like someone needs to hand out a pamphlet for these things. Like I, I remember like starting because Dove, I reached out to Dove for something and he, that's when the back to the future show happened. Yep. And then it was like, oh, Comic-Con's happening. Oh, we have designer, like all these things. And then assembly required and then E2K and like, um, and so it's, it was, it's rad because I'm trying to get stuff done to make sure that I can send stuff off to bootleg Bonanza and um, E2K, but then also have time to make stuff for their shows if they have them. And it's just, I, I don't know when, so are you, I mean, this is a good seg. Like, are you thinking that you would rather, cause I, I want to start asking artists this as I talk to them more, would you rather not be in shows and interact with people one-on-one and do toys? Like you said, when, whenever you want, or are shows still something that you're like, yeah, I guess I can be a part of that. Oh, I still like if things were what they were in like, like, 2019 i guess like i frequently do like we have things up here i think you haven't done that like called punk rock flea markets basically yep so i do a lot of punk rock flea markets in the summer i enjoy interacting with people i enjoy um the especially the punk rock flea markets like there's a good selection of them like toronto london oshawa kw like that i've developed you develop like a network with other artists who exist on the fringe of other things so there's like a cool understanding of just basically like hey you're doing this other thing that other people aren't doing so i i still really like interacting with people and being out at those events uh so i'll still gladly do like toy shows and stuff whether it's like a gallery show whether it's like a storefront running a themed event or whether it's me like just sitting out in a booth all day talking to people like i'm down for all of them rad are you, so when you talk to these people, when you would do those like punk rock. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Tap to bring you this. Bootleg Bonanza. 
Hey, check out what I just got. Oh my gosh, what is this stuff? These are bootleg art toys. What? Where do you find bootleg art toys? I find bootleg art toys at Bootleg Bonanza. Bootleg Bonanza! An alternative toy store that specializes in bootleg art toys, resin, and vinyl. Oh my gosh. This one's weird. Actually, they specialize in weird. Not only do they buy and sell and trade designer toys, they produce them in their fully equipped studio. Bootleg Bonanza! Where's this at again? Bootleg Bonanza. It's at 200 East High Street, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Or you can head there online at www.bootlegbonanza.com. I don't know. Whose money did you spend on this? You didn't spend our money on this weird stuff, did ya? Um. I mean, what is this thing? Uh. Head there now. www.bootlegbonanza.com and spend all your money. Bootleg Bonanza! I'm not broke. Uh, I mean, like, would you, how do you describe what it, what you do? Like, it's, I feel like that's the hardest for me still. Cause like the word bootleg doesn't mean anything to people that aren't in the scene. Yeah, for sure. So I remember the first, I guess, real tabling event that we did. Uh, we set up at, it's called uh, fan expo in Toronto, which would be like Toronto. And even like, it would be the equivalent to like a New York comic-con, San Diego comic-con, okay. like it's our comic-con here. And there was like seven of us set up at a small table, whether it's like there was some like vinyl artists, we all have sort of different styles, but like there were a lot of people coming by. And for that one, I had made like a He-Man bootleg to look at like, to look like the red, the gray and the green Hulk. So okay. I was calling him like He-Hulk and whatever. And there were some people who would walk by and they're like, oh man, that's pretty expensive. Like I had that toy when I was a kid and I just sort of like, I'm like, no, you didn't. Like I made this in my basement. And then there was one guy who came up and was like, oh, this stuff's sort of cool. Like this reminds me of like the Suck Lord. And he was maybe one of the only people who understood it, but uh, like bootleg toys, art toys. I mean, like those just become sort of interchangeable terms to me. Like I, I don't necessarily... I think people typically at any sort of show in person, it's kids who are first attracted to my table because I use like yeah. a lot of neon colors. So you have almost instantly this tractor beam to toddlers where they're running straight towards grabbing something off the table. <laughs> and the parents are always like, no, 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 no. Don't touch that. Cause yeah, yeah. they look like candies or like gummies or something like that that they want to just pop in their mouth real quick. That's just going to destroy their teeth when they chomp down. Yeah. But I always find like definitely there's been maybe more awareness up here as we've done those where people just sort of like are like, oh, like, hey, like, oh, this is cool. I think I met the angry or like lab monkey when here was last time, or I met the angry beast, or oh yeah, I bought toys from a goob. Like there's pe there's some growing awareness. And I just say they're like, eh, they're like my little like toys that I hand make in my basement. And the odd person will know what's going on. Like at one point in time, I would leave out like a silicone mold on the table. Uh, that was something that Lab Monkey did or like got me onto just so people could see like, this is how I make it. Like, this is what I do. And I remember one guy coming up and being like, man, don't give away your tricks. Cause he was just in the casting business. Otherwise, like making props and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, put that away. Don't tell people like, just keep it secret. And I was like, ah, oh, like they're not going to learn anything looking at half a two piece mold. Yeah. Man, keep it secret. My least favorite type of uh, interaction with people that try to like bottleneck or gatekeep. It's like, man, just I, that's, I think what attracted me to this whole scene is I remember reaching out when I first started to suck Lord and saying like, Hey, like, I don't know how to do the backers. Like, how do you print on the cardboard? And he, he I, in suck Lord fashion was like, I, I don't, you idiot. Like I just, I, I print and then I spray and stick and, um, so it was a cool interaction, but I think like the cons and stuff, I'm super excited. Design 
designer con will finally be in person this year okay yeah so i'll be able to go and meet because it's pretty close to where i am so i'll be able to go and meet some of these toy artists that have like i've done podcast interviews or i'm working with or yeah Mm -hmm. so I, i think that's what i'm most excited for for that for sure that would be exciting and there's lots of people who i'd like to finally put like face to the name after chatting with them and talking with them online for many years yeah because i think maybe you you're like this so many of these people i only know by their toy name i mean like even the people who i would call my friends who like i table with i still probably call them by their like ig handle when we're yeah. at a table like i don't refer to them by their civilian name i refer to them i keep it you know if it's like wrestling parlance, it's like we keep it kayfabe and call each other toxic fumes or like AE yeah. or whatever. I love that. And it's just that's how you're sort of used to seeing it. But yeah, I, I did a, a, a podcast thing with Yo-Yo Dine and he kept like he was just he loves the toy community and he was referencing all these people uh, by their first name. And I couldn't keep up, but I had known them. I've already talked to them and met them, but I didn't know their mm-hmm. first name. So I was like, I don't know yeah. who you're talking about, man. Like, <laughs> and, that, and that's another fair point. Like just if you keep it with whatever their IG handle is, it's a lot more like universal. And this is who I'm talking about when yeah. I say it. So we are, we're coming up already on that 40 minute mark. They like, oh, went quick, mm-hmm. but um, I leave this last part of the podcast um, to be able to plug yourself and what you are moving into uh, where you're headed, what's next on this like horizon of toy making. Um, if people want to custom, can they come to you? Like all those things. Uh, for custom stuff, normally my, my thought about that is if you see something that I make and there's like an interesting colorway you would want about that, I'm more than happy to like create something that I already have the molds for. Uh, doing like a complete custom like I've taken a couple on but it's not my favorite thing to do because I don't know if if I'm going to mold a figure I want to make sure I have repeated uses for it so even for example like this David Lynch show that's coming up for E2K like I made a whole brand new figure for it that like I made molds for and everything but I just see future purposes from those molds too even if I don't stick within the same character Mm -hmm. which again is sort of the beauty of me always casting in different pieces so you have a variety of arms to deal with you have a variety of heads you can pull from torsos whatever one of the i guess two of the most fun shows i did last year were the the angry beast made just an online show he called scraps Mm -hmm. and basically he invited toy makers and the only rule about the show is you can't cast anything for it everything you make must come from your discard pile so you've got like stuff left over and you need to make an original toy from it and then you post it on your own instagram account you sell it or keep it if you want to do it so that was a really fun art experience for me is just you know digging through my like miss pores what can i shave or cut off this and still make it into a figure so that was a lot of fun and I guess what I'll keep doing is trying to find a balance between I guess like pop culture mashups and doing just original characters um just I don't know I like pop culture mashups but it's not just all I want to be known for like 
I'm most proud of my Money Mantis figure, which has nothing to do with anything else that exists in the world. Yeah. It's just like a figure that I came up with. So that stuff is always a little more interesting for me. Even for the David Lynch show, uh, I decided to, it's still an original character. It's not anything that physically, I guess, exists in the universe that he's created. So it's based off of Twin Peaks, which would be probably my like, biggest david lynch thing i have but it's it's it could be based within this universe but it's not anything that's in there but there's enough breadcrumbs within the show that it hopefully will make sense why i created this character for it i love that yeah so trying to look for just different ways even if it is pop culture to we interrupted this broadcast of toys on tap to bring you this meanwhile in a galaxy of bootleg treasures DOV2, we have an engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE Toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. go with that stuff another so like star wars figures for example i'm not a big star wars guy they don't excite me for the most part but i was super impressed lab monkey number nine last year made this really cool c3po and r2d2 but like reimagined so it's not like your standard like 3.75 figures it's made from other pieces it's made from sculpting that he did and it's sort of like a retake on those characters i guess i find that more interesting the same he did a freddy 3000 figure that i posted a little while ago that was just like a very cool take on an existing character yeah so you, okay, so with all that customs, not so much, but you will do colorways and um, all that. And I do, I want to hear more about that scrap show for sure some, at some point. Um, but uh, if they do want to reach out to you about something that you've posted or something that you have made before and they want one, is it, do you have a website? Is it through? Yeah, I should. Yeah, I should actually plug myself. Good point. Uh, easiest way to reach me is just on Instagram at Toxic Fumes Toys. I did make a web domain, uh, toxicfumestoys.com. All it does is just basically kick you to my web store, which I keep sporadically updated with things. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's the easiest way to contact me is just send me a DM on Instagram. For the most part, anything that's for sale on my big cartel, I'll sell you via a DM on Instagram. I just like having it because I know sometimes people aren't comfortable purchasing straight from the artist and they'd rather just, you know, click a few buttons online and have it go up that way. So I'm open to either way, whatever works. Love that. Thanks for giving me your time today, man. No problem. on tap next episode it's great it's amazing you're gonna want to listen to it it's not right now though you're gonna have to wait till the next episode to listen to it oh when's that the next one cool toys on tap the next one's gonna be good too so stay tuned
and, and, and listen to that. Awesome.